0: What to do when you have too many podcast episodes in your RSS feed. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 303. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award winning, in depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. When you have more podcast episodes than your RSS feed holds, or that podcast apps and directories can display, it can possibly affect your audience, it could affect your marketing, and it could affect other things. So I want to share with you eight options you have to fix this, whether you're trying to fix the RSS feed and how much it can hold, or you're trying to fix your feed so that it works better within limitations inside of podcast apps and directories. So these eight things are, number one, learn about episode limits, number two, raise the limit, number three, optimize the feed data, number four, remove irrelevant episodes, number five, sell the back catalog, number six, create an archive show, number seven, do nothing, or number eight, work within your limits. If you'd like to follow along with the show notes for this episode, number 303, then go to the slash two many episodes. Number one, learn about episode limits. Before we can get too in-depth with this information, it's really important for you to know seven things about episode limits and your podcast RSS feed. So go back and listen to episode 302 if you haven't already heard that. If you have heard it, here's a quick review. Number one, the episode limit is set by whatever creates your podcast RSS feed. Number two, more episodes makes your podcast rss feed bigger and slower number three directory limits don't affect your subscribers number four your old episodes could be irrelevant number five your old episodes could be timeless number six many people will want to binge on your podcast and number seven every episode contributes to your podcast seo When you have these things in mind and to understand these things more deeply, then please go back to episode 302 before continuing with this episode. You might even want to simply review those things for better understanding. But when you then understand these things about episode limits and your podcast feed, then you can determine a better option for your podcast and most importantly, a better option for your audience. Because what's best for you may not always be best for them and vice versa, but it's really important for you to think most about how can you best serve your audience. So that's why I have these seven things that you could do, different options for if you have too many episodes in your feed. So that's number one, learn about episode limits. Number two, raise the limit. There's really no universal hard limit on how large an RSS feed can be. That's neither the number of items in the feed nor the actual file size of the feed. There are practical limits to that. And like I mentioned more in depth in the last episode, the more you put in the feed, the larger it gets and then the slower it gets. And there are certain considerations for that, especially if you use FeedBurner. No matter what features you use with FeedBurner, right now, FeedBurner will not work with feeds that are larger than one megabyte, and that's a very reasonable limit, I think. But if you're not using FeedBurner, you're not limited to that, then you may be limited with other things, especially if you have thousands of episodes and they're all being dynamically inserted into your RSS feed, that could slow your site down, and there are certainly ways to work around that, such as caching or creating a static feed file and stuff like that. Most podcast feed creation tools default to 10, 20, 50, or maybe 100 of your latest episodes. So when you have more episodes than that, they simply disappear from the feed. They may still be hosted, they're still available on your site, but they're no longer in your RSS feed. So if you have more episodes than your feed is limited to, those episodes won't be in your feed, and thus they won't display inside of podcast apps or directories, And even more importantly, they won't be accessible to your subscribers. It doesn't matter what the directory offers. If it's not in your feed, your subscribers can't download it. So if you want those older episodes to be available, then you should consider raising the limit on what is creating your RSS feed. This is not FeedBurner at all. Regardless of whether you're using FeedBurner, it doesn't create feeds. It simply changes feeds that are fed through so go to whatever is creating your rss feed that could be wordpress powerpress libsyn something else if you want to change this with the default wordpress or category feed then go to the wordpress settings reading and then change the option for syndication feeds show the most recent but if you're using powerpress you can change this option separately from your wordpress default or category feed so go to the powerpress settings on your wordpress site And if you're using podcast channels or category podcasting, then go to their appropriate settings. Then go to the feed tab and change the option that says show the most recent. If you're using Libsyn to create your RSS feed, then go to your show inside of Libsyn, go to destinations, go to Libsyn classic feed, scroll down to the bottom, expand down the advanced options and change the episode slash post limit option there. That will allow you to set the limit to whatever you want it to be and even if the podcast directory limits the number of episodes that can display with your directory listing for example the Apple Podcast catalog currently limits that listing to the latest 300 episodes but even though it's limited in display you can increase the number of episodes available in your feed beyond that limit so only those most recent 300 in Apple's case will display but once someone has subscribed they get access to all of the episodes beyond that, even if they don't display inside of the catalog. So you can simply raise the limit to account for your extra episodes that you have beyond the limit you've had before. But something to consider with this is that raising that limit does increase the size of your feed, and it is very proportional to how many more items you put inside of that feed. So that leads into option number three, optimize the feed data. When you raise that limit on your RSS feed, you're allowing more information to be inside of the feed. That could make the feed significantly larger and thus also significantly slower. There are three ways you could fix this. First is to use a highly optimized podcast-only RSS feed that contains minimal data, such as using your Libsyn feed separate from your website. And Libsyn would certainly have you to do that. This way, you can put only what information you want in that podcast-specific RSS feed, and that's if you're using Libsyn to create your RSS feed, regardless of what you use for your website or what other tools you have on your site. Not using Libsyn only for hosting, but using them also to create your RSS feed. Then that RSS feed is independent from your site. You can put only what you need in that feed, minimal text, and then that feed can be optimized and performs really nicely. Another option is if you're using PowerPress to use the Feed Episode Maximizer option on your podcast-only RSS feed. That's an option that you can change inside of your PowerPress settings for the feed. That will reduce the amount of data that's included with episodes that are older than your most recent 10 episodes. For example, the big place where a lot of data goes is in the content for each post. Maybe your most recent 10 episodes contain pages and pages of show notes or a complete transcript or something like that. Then episodes older than your most recent 10 episodes would display only a summary, not those pages and pages of show notes. So this is a way to save a lot of space inside of your RSS feed. The other way you could do this is whether you're using PowerPress or something else from your WordPress site is to switch WordPress to publish excerpts instead of the full content for each item and you can change that option inside of the WordPress settings under reading and then there's an option that says for each article in a feed show and set that to summary do keep in mind that unless you are writing excerpts for each individual post It will make its own summary, which will be the first so many words of each post. So it will be truncated and cut off unless you write an excerpt for each individual post. So this isn't necessarily the most ideal way, but it can be a way to optimize the feed data. So regardless of how many episodes you have in your RSS feed, one of these three ways will help you to reduce the size of that and thus make it perform much better. So that's option number three. Number four is remove irrelevant episodes. First, make sure you're using a podcast-only RSS feed for all podcast apps and directories. Otherwise, including any kind of text-only posts in the same feed can cause some unnecessary inflation and bump out podcast episodes from any kind of item-limited feeds. Because if your feed can only hold 20 items and you have 10 recent blog posts, then those 10 recent blog posts are occupying space that could otherwise be occupied by podcast episodes. So if your feed contains only podcast episodes, you might want to consider cleaning up your archive. You could look for any kind of announcement-only episodes, such as for a hiatus, an upcoming event, some kind of special circumstance, or something like that, which are no longer relevant. I recently did this when I was getting ready to hit that episode 300 and I wanted to see how that limit in the Apple Podcast Catalog would affect my own podcast, I realized that I had some old announcement-only posts. One was from a podcast awards announcement. The other was from, I think, a hiatus, something like that that I forgot to remove. So when I removed those, then my archive of episodes were only actual full episodes, So I removed those time-sensitive announcements, and that's what I highly recommend. If you're going to put something out there to say, here's this really important, urgent thing we need you to do, or we're on a hiatus until such-and-such date, remove those things. After they're no longer relevant, it'll keep your feed clean and prevent people from downloading unnecessary episodes. You could even consider filtering your feed to include only your best content in the feed. But do consider this with great caution. Some examples for this could be replaced episodes, such as when you've changed your mind or information has significantly changed, especially if you're concerned that the old content might lead your audience in the wrong direction. For example, if I had a tutorial on how to set up Podpress on your WordPress website, uh i would want to remove that tutorial because podpress it's either not even developed it's certainly not something i recommend at all anymore it may have been good way back in its day but we have powerpress now which is much better developed and offers many more better features now too so why should i keep an episode in my feed that's promoting bad information That's one reason to maybe filter out certain episodes. Another reason could be overly time-sensitive content. That is, if your whole show isn't covering time-sensitive content. So imagine I had an episode of the Audacity to Podcast that its sole purpose was to promote an upcoming episode and get you excited about something and get your feedback for an upcoming episode. If that was the sole purpose of that single episode then it's really not that important. It's time-sensitive when the rest of my content is generally not time-sensitive. You could even consider maybe filtering out your low-quality episodes. But I actually caution against most of these thoughts of filtering out episodes. There are certainly times it may be appropriate, like when you have misleading information or maybe you've decided to make your show completely clean and you have a couple of old episodes that are explicit, stuff like that. There are cases when it would be appropriate. But for most of us, history is written in our episodes. Our archive of episodes tell a bigger story that help build our authority and influence. People can go back and hear how much you've grown since your episode one how much maybe your perspective has changed on things, how much better you are at communicating things, or how much more developed an idea is today than it was back then. And they can still learn from that. So consider, with great caution, removing irrelevant episodes. That's option four. Number five, sell the back catalog. If your content is timeless and you limit your feed to only your latest episodes, however many that is, You may be able to sell access to your episodes that are older than that. You could do that through Patreon now. You could do it through MyLibsyn or you could do it with a membership system on your own website. Like my preferred membership plugin is MemberPress and I have a link to that in the show notes if you're interested. Some examples of this are the Adam Carolla Show and Ben Greenfield Fitness podcast that have their most recent episodes available for free in all podcast apps and directories. But if you want older content, then you need to pay. And it's a great way to monetize that older content when that content is something actually worth paying for. You could sell individual episodes, but I think it would really be easier for you and your members as well as foster an ongoing relationship with them if you treat it more like membership access. Think of like the Netflix model. You don't buy individual episodes of tv shows or individual movies from netflix you subscribe and then you have access to everything for as long as you stay a paying subscriber the same thing for your podcast membership this would allow them to pay a recurring fee and keep access to everything your old episodes and your new episodes so do ensure that you offer a members only feed that does contain everything And it has no limits. It contains your episode one, and it contains your most recent episode. This would then make it easier for those paying members to subscribe to only that one feed, so they don't have to jump back and forth between a couple feeds and manage that with, oh, here's this episode, I already listened to it on the free public feed, and here it is now in the archive, since it's now a paid episode. They could subscribe to a single feed that has all of your old stuff and your new stuff. And it's then much easier to maintain for them, and they have access for as long as they maintain their membership. Once they stop paying, the membership system, whether that's Patreon, MyLibsyn, or some other membership system or plugin on your site like MemberPress or something else, will then turn off their access to your latest episodes as well as access to previous episodes in your feed. And that can all be managed very easily for you, handling the payments, handling the renewals, handling who has access to what and everything like that. So this is option five, sell the back catalog. Number six create an archive show. Although an RSS feed theoretically has no limits to the number of episodes, podcast directories might. And in fact, Apple Podcasts does currently limit the shows in its catalog to display only the latest 300 episodes. Now do remember that your old episodes may be available to your subscribers as long as they are in your RSS feed, but those older episodes won't be findable through search. So if you want your episodes to remain findable in those podcast apps beyond whatever that directory limit is, then consider creating one or multiple archive shows. For example, John Lee Dumas's podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, is far beyond the 300 episode limit for the Apple podcast directory. His main podcast feed contains all his daily episodes. At this time, that's nearly 1,700 episodes, but only the latest 300 are findable through The Apple Podcasts app and directory. Once you're subscribed, yes, you have access to all of those nearly 1,700 episodes and counting. So, to make the older episodes still findable, because he has great, worthy conversations that people may be searching for and good titles and that kind of stuff, John then creates and submits separate RSS feeds with 300 episodes in each one. So, for example, Archive One is episodes 1 to 300, archive 2 is episodes 301 to 600, and so on. This ensures that his old but timeless content is still findable, which is especially important when you have popular guests or topics that people may still be searching for years from now. So if someone is searching for a name inside of the Apple Podcast app and that person was in episode 10 of Entrepreneur on Fire, They wouldn't find the main Entrepreneur on Fire podcast listing in iTunes, but they would find one of these archive listings where they could then download that episode that they might not have otherwise found, even though it is in the main RSS feed. It's not findable because it's not within those most recent number of episodes that iTunes displays. John makes these separate feeds by creating additional shows on Libsyn, and so he is paying for each additional show. That gives each show then full control over a dedicated RSS feed for each one and he doesn't have to use FeedBurner or anything like that to distinguish each feed from each other. It also provides separate stats but this does mean he's paying for each new show. A big benefit to having completely separate hosting for each show is that each episode can be edited differently from the main show so that each of those archive episodes encourage people who stumble across that episode to then subscribe to the main podcast feed so they automatically receive all the new episodes in addition to having access to the old episodes as well. So it's kind of become passive search engine optimization for his podcast. He doesn't have to promote and I don't think he even does promote the archive listings in iTunes but they are there findable and helping his search engine optimization and encouraging people to subscribe to the main show. So you could do the same thing John does and have multiple show accounts with multiple independent, completely controllable RSS feeds. Or a more affordable way to do this and maybe an easier way is to create archive shows with categories. And that can be either in WordPress, in Libsyn, or maybe your other feed creation tool. These categories could be named simply Archive1, Archive 2, and so on. With PowerPress, you can enable category podcasting to then have full control over each RSS feed. So you can give it its own title, its own cover art, its own description, all of that kind of stuff, just as if it was a completely separate podcast, even though it's the exact same post as is in your main feed. Then all you need to do is go back and you can even bulk edit a bunch of your old podcast episodes to say, add them all to this category as well. With Libsyn, if you want to do this all under a single Libsyn show, then you would need to run the category feeds through FeedBurner and, yes, use the SmartCast feature. The reason for doing that is that Libsyn shows are really designed around having a single show and single RSS feed. Although you can have other RSS feeds, you can't change the title, the cover art, that kind of information around them. So that would be a case where to get that extra control you would need to use something like SmartCast so you could change the cover art, the title, and some of that other information with your feed data. Then you don't have to promote these archive shows. Simply let them be out there and you may not even need to submit them to other podcast apps and directories, but it makes that older content findable within podcast apps that are more limited in what they display and search with your most recent episodes. That's option six, create an archives show. Number seven, you could do nothing. You could simply let your podcast episodes disappear after they're bumped beyond your limits, whether those limits are set by your RSS feed, how many items can be in the feed, or the limits are set by the podcast apps and directories. This could be totally fine for many podcasts that lack ongoing timeless value, also known as long tail. And I talked about that a little bit in the last episode. If you don't have that long tail, that long term value for those older episodes, then it's fine. If those older episodes disappear, for example, episodes from a current events podcast are no longer relevant after the current events are no longer current and have probably even been forgotten. So this could apply to podcasts that cover news, sports, today in history and stuff like that that's very, very time-based and that's very likely not long after it's released, people won't really care that much about it. Even your new subscribers may not go back and listen to the older episodes because the older episodes then contain completely irrelevant information. Who really cares that much about what your current perspective was on something that happened three years ago and what your perspective was three years ago? Yes, some people may care, but they might be more interested in your perspective looking back. Hindsight is 2020, 20, after all. So you don't have to do something to change your episode limits. If the nature of your show is that you don't have long tail for your old episodes, that doesn't mean you have a bad show. Many of the most popular shows are very time sensitive, and that's okay. So whether your podcast is timely or timeless doesn't affect your overall success, although I do recommend as much as possible be timeless. But if you have timely content, it's okay if you do nothing and let those older episodes fall out of your RSS feed and fall out of the podcast apps and directories. So that's option number seven, do nothing. And number eight, work within your limits. If you've decided to not change your limits, or maybe you're unable to change your limits, recognize that limits aren't always a bad thing. And when you know your podcast limits, you can make decisions that help you to podcast better within those limits. For example, working within limits could help you to know what content is accessible to new subscribers. So you don't often recommend episodes that are no longer in your feed. If your episode limit is 10 and you want to tell them about an episode that's 20 episodes back, maybe you need to give them a different way of accessing it. You don't simply tell them, oh yeah, go back and listen to episode number so-and-so because that's not in their app. It's not in your feed. So they may not have access to it. Working within your limits could also help you to not worry about bandwidth on older episodes. This really isn't a problem if you're using a real podcast host like Blueberry or Libsyn. But if you're using your own kind of podcast hosting environment, like either on your own web hosting server or Amazon S3 or anything like that, then the longer an episode remains in your feed, the more downloads it will receive and thus potentially cost you more or cause more strain on your server. That's not much of a problem if those episodes disappear when you surpass your limits. Working within your limits could also help you to not have older, embarrassing content that's still accessible to your new subscribers. And then you don't have to worry about going back and removing it. It simply disappears on its own. Just like those old, ugly clothes that you no longer have. Working within your limits could also help you to know what might happen if you release too many episodes in a short period of time. Bumping out your older episodes maybe a bit too quickly. Working within your limits can also help you to set appropriate expectations for sponsors. So you would know this episode will remain accessible to 100% of my audience for about this long. After that, the only way to download the episode is through the website. So then you can set appropriate expectations for them. And working within limits could also help you to promote time sensitive things more appropriately, knowing how many episodes are in your feed, knowing when announcements may be bumped out of your feed, and so on. So these are eight things you could do when you have too many episodes in your RSS feed. Number one, first of all, learn about episode limits. Number two, raise the limit. Number three, optimize the feed data. Number four, remove irrelevant episodes. Number five, sell the back catalog. Number six, create an archive show. Number seven, do nothing. And number eight, work within your limits. If you'd like the show notes for these or to be able to review these eight different tips, then go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 2 many episodes. You know, I like giving shout outs to those who write new reviews for the Audacity to Podcast in Apple Podcasts and to give them a shout out for their podcast when they can mention the name of their podcast. So for this episode, I want to thank Dave Rex, who wrote in iTunes USA, a free show with huge value. Daniel J. Lewis has given me so much more than just some tips or tricks to podcast. This show has given me the courage, drive, ideas, tools, resources, and education it takes to start my own podcast. Daniel is incredibly devoted to showing you how to succeed. This show is a testament to that. I've learned more here in a couple weeks than I did in years on my previous show. If only I had discovered this man sooner, I would already be 100 episodes deep. If you want to start your own podcast, Start here. Thank you very much, Dave Rex. I wish I knew what your podcast name was, so please comment on the show notes at the AudacityTopodcast.com slash too many episodes and let me know the name of your podcast and I'll update the link so that you get a link back to your podcast in case anyone else is interested in what is that podcast that you host. Lee Conway, host of the Frequent Fear Podcast, wrote in the United Kingdom iTunes. A podcast audio bible after taking over the recording and running of a podcast i was recommended this show it has become a staple of my commute to work leaning me so much toward improving both quality and listenership of my podcast thanks and here's to many more lessons thank you very much lee conway and lee's podcast is the frequent fear podcast So i want to play a little sample of that for you So, welcome to the Frequent Fear podcast. We are proud members of the Haunted Attraction Network. So, if you're interested in checking out Lee's podcast, Frequent Fear, then go to frequentfear.co.uk, and I have that link in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com/slash/two-mini-episodes. And thank you, Dave and Lee, for those wonderful reviews for the Audacity to Podcast. Now, if you want to get your podcast mentioned in the Audacity to Podcast, this is the way to do it. Write a review for the Audacity to Podcast in Apple Podcasts or in Stitcher and using mypodcastreviews.com, I will receive those reviews automatically. Just make sure that you mention the name of your podcast in your review. That way I can look it up, link to it. And play a little example of your podcast when I'm able to, and I have that link to review the Audacity to Podcast at theaudacitytopodcast dot com slash too many episodes. The renovations for Podcaster Society are going really well. The members are giving great feedback. We've got new courses in there like Engaging Your Audience, a new course coming up on simple ways to record Skype conversations, and much more. Now, registration is still closed to new members, but if you'd like to know as soon as or even a little bit before everyone else, When registration is reopened and all of the new benefits and everything that's even cooler now about Podcaster Society, then join the waiting list by going to podcastersociety.com and entering your name and email address there so that then I will let you know, you'll be the first to know when registration is reopened. And I may even give you some behind the scenes peeks at what's going on inside of Podcaster Society so you can see the changes that are being made, see some of the feedback, and also let me know what you'd like to see in there before you join. So that's over at podcasterssociety.com and the link to that is in the show notes for this episode number 303 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash too many episodes. Please connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at the Daniel J. Lewis. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacitopodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.